1: Hey Los Angeles, Kevin McDonald is returning to the Lyric Hyperion on December 13th and you are not gonna want to miss it. The legendary member of The Kids in the Hall has written a brand new show with original sketches, songs, and more. Guests will be announced shortly and as fans of the podcast know the guests are always terrific, so do not wait. Recent guests include Tom Green, Weird Al Yankovic, Tim Heidecker and so many more. So get those
2: tickets right now at lyrichyperion.com. That's Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald show live at the Lyric hyperion on december 13th see you at the show
0: forever Dog.
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome to kevin mcdonald's kevin mcdonald show but before we bring on kevin please give a big hand for
0: tonight's announcer
2: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. I'm your announcer. No, I'm not, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm Kevin McDonald, I'm not your announcer. I'm your announcer, thank you very much. We'll be bringing out Kevin in a minute. No, I'm really Kevin McDonald, I'm here already. I'm your announcer. No, it's not true, I'm Kevin McDonald. Um, for those of you who listen to my podcast regularly, which is none of you, no one listens to my podcast regularly. Um, there is a podcast show called People Who I Think Should Play Gopher If They Ever Make Love Boat Into A Movie, <laughs> which averages 60,000 listeners. Um, my podcast averages seven. Seven people, not thousands, seven, seven people. Um, there's another podcast called The Best ad Lives From Bulky on Perfect Strangers <laughs> that averages 112,000 people. I average seven, seven people. Uh, you would know, um, <laughs> what you don't, seven You would know that we usually begin with the announce. If you did listen, I see what I was trying to write here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have my back to you, but only because I'm reading. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, but if you did hear my podcast regularly, which you don't, seven people. You would know that we usually begin uh, with the announcer coming out, uh, who then does a short comedy bit uh, after which uh, he or she introduces me. Well, tonight, things will be a little different. Um, I had to come out first, you see, or for you. (laughs) My announcer was was on her way to the show memorizing her lines when she passed a bevy of angry gardeners. There are lots of angry gardeners in this city. It's getting crazy. They were all arguing about what the best vine is—dogwood or black-eyed Susan. Of course, it's dogwood. One thing led to another, and they started throwing things at each other. Then our announcer gets hit with a garden hoe right in the brain. <laughs> and I guess she was practicing her lines, and and, and she, you know, she has to say Kevin McDonald a lot. Uh, the hoe knocked her out, so naturally she wakes up thinking she's Kevin McDonald, uh, just like what would happen in a Flintstone episode. And she really thinks she's Kevin McDonald. I mean, it's almost like she is Kevin McDonald. Uh, I, I mean, she knows things that only Kevin McDonald knows. She's backstage right now complaining about the time Scott Thompson and I were roommates and Scott dropped cocaine all over my dog. <laughs> True story. And then he snorted it off him. True story. I have never told anyone that before, but she's talking about it. Tiggy was high for weeks. <laughs> and garden brain is talking about that. It's, it's kind of eerie actually. Anyway, the doctor, we always have a doctor backstage in case of gardening accidents, <laughs> says for her own safety, we, 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 we can't shock her and, and tell her that she isn't Kevin McDonald. It might kill her. So we all have to pretend that she's Kevin McDonald, including me, your announcer. So now ladies and gentlemen, as your announcer, I am very happy to finally bring out someone who isn't me, Mr. Kevin McDonald! Hi, Kevin Kevin McDonald.
0: Hi, I'm Kevin McDonald. I'm really Kevin McDonald. Who are you? I'm Kevin McDonald.
2: Well, I'm certainly not Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald. I'm your announcer.
0: Good. Good. I need an announcer. I'm Kevin McDonald. <laughs> My father was a bad drunk and would verbally abuse me. But it only made me funnier. I'm Kevin McDonald. I have 2 ex-wives. <laughs> I affectionately call the first one cheater. I'm Kevin McDonald. The second one has a subpoena carrier who chases around after me after every show in LA that I do. Last show, Mark McKinney had to hide me in his trunk. He's, he's doing very well, so he just bought a new car with a bigger trunk for me. I'm... I'm Kevin McDonald. I wonder if my subpoena carrier is here tonight. (laughs) Yes, I'm here. Have a good show. (laughs) Thank you. I'm Kevin McDonald.
2: Well, uh, maybe we should get the uh, show started now, Kevin McDonald. Wait.
0: I've done the drunk dad, the ex-wives, married uh, mentioned cheater. Oh, Have I talked about being a minor celebrity yet?
2: No, you haven't talked about being a minor celebrity yet. (laughs)
0: Well, I'm Kevin McDonald, a minor celebrity with an ex wife named Cheater. I'm Kevin McDonald. I'm just a little bit famous. I'm Kevin McDonald. I was Pastor Dave in the.
2: Oh, yeah. The backstage doctor also said that she might black out while standing up or sitting down. I wrote this before we had the couch. <laughs> and yes, it's true. I am a minor celebrity. Um, I'm sorry if I do mention that a lot, but it's true. Uh, I am the kids in the hall. Uh, have what you- uh, Thank you. We have what you would call a cult following. Uh, what is a cult following? Um, well, I Googled cult following, and the first thing that popped up was the 1993 movie, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Starring Bette Miller, Kathleen Jimmy, and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. The, the movie didn't do well at first. And over the years, it has developed a cult following. With witches. <laughs> well, the kids in the horror are just like that. Uh, we weren't a big hit when we first uh, were on TV. But over the years, we have also developed a cult following. With witches. <laughs> Scott Thompson is, of course, Bette Midler. <laughs> That's for you, Scott. If you're listening, I know you're not. <laughs> oh! Uh, so this naturally led me to write a song. I'm so sorry, I can't play guitar or sing. <laughs> true story, I'm catching a play in Ontario International Airport in a few hours. <laughs> you know that's true because it wasn't funny.
0: <laughs>
2: oh yeah, uh, I'm going to play the first second behind my back to make sure I remember the melody. harder than ease I have a cult following I have a cult following and I've had my cult for 27 years Like Puck from MTV's real world Puck is cult like me I have 18,000 followers, I have a tiny group of followers, Stormy Daniels has four million point two. I to hear. My fans will take their glass eye out, they think I like freaky things. They're wrong, all my fans do have glass eyes though, I, I don't know why. My cult, a smaller part of a small cult Called the kids in the hall, but they're bigger than my cult Which is a small cult, a very small cult I thought that I'd be big, but that's hard when you wear a wig And a dress with four other guys Small cult, teensy weensy cult my cult's not even a very big cult like rocky horror picture show no one will ever come throw toast at me my cult is more like jimmy jones cult. 918 people who want to come drink kool-aid with me Me. When I die, they will say, when I die, they will say, Cult comic Kevin McDonald, die today, die today, die today, die today. and he had a very cult-like attendance at his funeral.
0: Thank you very much. I'm Kevin McDonald. <laughs>
2: uh, oh yeah, uh, the doctor said sh- uh, she would wake up with a start every now and then.
0: Hey, I do mediocre sketches. I'm Kevin McDonald. <laughs> I better do a mediocre sketch.
2: Yes, uh, let's do a medi- mediocre sketch, uh, Kevin. Uh, in this sketch, however, in this sketch, you play announcer and I play Kevin McDonald.
0: Good, clever. I'm- Kevin McDonald, drunk dad, ex wife, garden hoe. But first, (laughs) let me bring out your special guest, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins!
2: (laughs) Where were we? I forget. Oh, I wrote maybe Kevin chats with Paul for a second. He does. <laughs> How have you been? I only see you every year at the San Francisco Sketch Fest.
3: Kevin, I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing?
2: I'm very fine. Thank you. I'm glad to hear it. Let's do the
0: sketch. All right. <laughs> And now Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald show takes a serious look at older couples attempting to have babies. My my own mother was 68 at my birth, a very ugly birth. After being pregnant for 9 months, it took her another 9 months to give birth to me. My mother was pregnant with me for 18 grueling months. It would be hard for anyone to survive that, but my mother did survive. It was my father who died. (laughs) And one of the doctors. An apparent suicide. (laughs) But this is the story of Leslie and Gerald Carmichael, who were trying to have a baby while in their early 40s. Every second Tuesday and Wednesday, they would have trying-to-make-a-baby sex. Sex, sex sex baby sex, sex. trying to make baby a baby sex, sex. Baby, se- baby sex can i touch your ass for the baby sex F- for
2: the baby can i touch yeah. you for the baby yes all oh, right sex. trying to make baby sex. Yes, baby, baby, sex. Sex. baby
0: sex baby sex as opposed to just normal sex that they were having on the days between thursday and sunday sex just normal sex just sex can i
2: still touch your ass
0: for the normal sex but just
2: for normal sex just for normal sex, normal sex. sex. just normal sex sex,
0: sex. And after six months of trying, the Carmichael's decided to go to the medical clinic that specialized in older couples trying to have babies. It was determined that Gerald had a clinical condition called uh, sperm that's kind of weak. <laughs> Glad I'm not you. That's the official name, I swear. He made an appointment with the famous Dr. Andrew Pays, who was a sperm expert and president of the Monkeys fan club, for the state of Montana. They had, they had their first meeting.
2: Gerald? Yes, Dr. Pays?
3: Please, call me Gerald.
2: Oh, your name is Gerald too?
3: No, it's Andrew.
2: <laughs> then why did you ask me to call you Gerald?
3: I did not.
2: Yes, you did. I did? Well, that's odd. I think I've been working too
3: close to the x-ray machines. <laughs> I have hair growing inside of my mouth and I keep saying the word mariachi for no reason. <laughs> Well, I've taken a look at your test, Gerald, and now I'd like to give you a physical, and we'll take it from there. Sure, Doctor. So if you'll get undressed, we'll start the examination. Mariachi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gerald starts taking off his clothes.
2: Doctor, I I just don't know what I'll do if we can't have children. It's something we always planned on. Uh, You know, I don't think we'll stay together. If we couldn't have kids, I'd be a failure as a husband. Life would be over as I know it.
0: Dr. Pays bends over and gently grabs onto Gerald somewhere, and he immediately calms down.
2: Though I suppose it wouldn't be the end of the world, and we could always adopt. What are you doing?
3: I'm holding on to your testicles, Gerald. (laughs) To see if I feel anything irregular.
2: I feel very calm.
3: I have very calming fingers.
2: (laughs) Is there anything
3: irregular? The only thing I find irregular is how amazingly wonderful your testicles are. Thank you.
0: Mariachi. <laughs> Gerald started seeing Dr. Pays on a regular on a regular basis. Hello,
3: Gerald. Come in. How have you been?
2: Oh, I've been horrible. It's been a horrible morning, Doctor. Today the office there was... Take your clothes off, please. There was a problem with the copy we were going to use in our presentation. So I was frantically trying to fix it when Leslie called and demanded that I have a conversation with her right
0: then and there about our summer vacation, which is like 10 months away. I said, listen, I have a very serious- Dr. Pays gently grabs onto Gerald and he calms down.
2: Though I suppose it is nice that she <laughs> cares enough to want to talk to me and get things right. You're holding on to my testicles <laughs> again, aren't you?
3: Yes, I am, Gerald. <laughs> And they are as wonderful as they were last
0: week. (laughs) Gerald saw the doctor. (laughs) Gerald saw the doctor regularly for the next couple of months, and a friendship was formed. Gerald knew the doctor could always calm him down. One day, he act doc- one day he asked Dr. Pays out to lunch. We cut to a restaurant.
3: So uh, one chicken Caesar salad and one toasted salmon sandwich. Only instead of tuna, uh, you wanted uh, salmon. You wanted the tuna, right? Yes, waiter. I like how they do the toast on the salmon sandwich, but I don't like the salmon.
1: Okay, uh, your food will be ready in about twenty minutes.
3: So, Gerald, I absolutely think that you and Leslie can have babies. Your problem is not medical. It's emotional. When you get too stressed, your sperm reacts negatively and it becomes impossible to produce the uh, baby stuff that has to be produced to make babies. I, I know I'm a doctor, but I forget what the baby stuff is called. I, I blame the x-ray machines. <laughs> Mariachi.
2: <laughs> I've got to tell you, doctor, that the, the knowing I suffer from stress kind of makes me feel more stressed. Uh, it, it makes you think about all the problems I'm having right now and that we'll never have babies.
3: Calm down, Gerald.
2: And that everything I ever worked for in my life is falling apart. My job,
0: my relationship. I'm a loser. I'm a loser doomed to failure. And Dr. Pays leans under the table and gently grabs onto Gerald's crotch.
2: Then again, <laughs> everything in life happens for a reason. And, and I, sh- I should learn to accept that. I am an adult. Thank you very much, Doctor.
3: No, thank you. It is a pleasure to grab your testicles, Gerald. The pair of them are living proof that you are a winner and that you can accomplish anything you want. You're squeezing a little too hard. Sorry, I got carried away. Who could blame me? Your testicles are perfect. Here is your soup that comes with your... Are you grabbing his testicles under the table? Yes, I am. I'm a doctor, and this is a treatment I use to calm him down.
0: The waiter leans under the table and also grabs onto Gerald's testicles. Oof!
3: I just want to help. You
1: have wonderful testicles. Doesn't he?
0: (laughs) Soon, Dr. Pay's expanded their work to other places, like the subway.
3: Hey, that guy is grabbing that other guy's testicles. Right here on the subway. I can see that it really seems to be calming him.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm all for it then.
3: <laughs>
0: and then, one night in Gerald's and Leslie's bed, in a moment of sweet tenderness...
2: I love you. 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 I
0: love you. (laughs) Are you ready, Gerald?
2: Yes, Leslie. But, but nothing's happening. I'm a failure. We're never gonna have a baby.
0: And then we hear the sound of someone under the covers, (laughs) gently grabbing on to testicles. On the other hand,
2: (laughs) I know that something will happen. There it is. (laughs) Something's happening. I love you, Leslie. I love you, Gerald. And I love the both of you, Gerald
3: and Leslie. We love you, Dr. Pace. Is is there enough room in here for you? Yes, yes. I'm just happy that I can help and that your bed is a California king. (laughs) Mariachi!
2: Tompkins and Darcy Cardin and that woman whose name I'll learn later. I won't learn. I'm driving to Ontario International Airport. (laughs) Well, uh, I think we're ready. Are you ready? Ready? Well, um, I'm going to bring out someone I've loved forever. I only met him once like 20 years ago. I've loved him as I'm a fan! Ladies and gentlemen, Weirdo Yakima! Sorry. Hey, Kevin. Hi, hi, Al. Can I call you Al, or do, uh, we, do we call you Weird Al?
1: I don't know if we're on a first name basis yet, but um, <laughs> let's go with Al, sure.
2: Okay. Um, you can call me Eccentric Kevin. I will. Thank you very much. EK. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: okay. First of all, uh,
3: <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> What's it like to have a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame that just happened? <laughs>
1: I feel just like Ryan Seacrest. You get confused a lot with Ryan Seacrest. I do, I do. Weird Ryan. I've got that copyrighted.
2: And you know it doesn't work with a uh, W and an R. Weird Ryan, it's just no, kind of, no, uh, I, no. I, it I, I vote against that. Yeah. It doesn't flow. What, what was it like? Like, was it a, was, Like, was it amazing? I, I, it was. I was like, it what it was. was. What were your feelings?
1: You know, yeah. I, I, to be honest, for a second, you know, I was uh, really concerned. I wanted to, you know, be professional, be funny, and do a good speech and all that. I wasn't prepared for how emotional the whole thing was because I was here, really? like my friends from high school and college, and my current friends, and and all these people. Dr. Demento was there doing a speech, and Tom Lennon. And, you know, it was just sort of like, I kind of felt like I was going to my own funeral. <laughs> you know, and people were giving the eulogies and I'm standing beside him, going, yeah, it was a good life, yeah. <laughs> so so I, was, I was mostly like trying the whole time, just trying not to lose it. It was really pretty emotional.
2: Uh Yeah, I know. Uh, speaking of Dr. Demento, uh, I think we're like the same age, uh, but you like worked at our age. <laughs> like you, when you were a teenager, like you were working. Uh, I wasn't ready to work yet. I was a lumpy potato of potential. But, ah. anyway, but it's not about me. It's about Al. And um, <laughs> so when I was like 18 or 19, I I always heard the Dr. Demento show. Teenage Spud, yes. Yes, teenage Spud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lumpy potato. Uh, I always heard that I was listening to in uh, Toronto. It was on Sunday night. Doctor, was it on everywhere around the world on Sunday night? Um, most
1: places it was syndicated, so it's sort of up to the uh, the affiliates. But usually Sunday, yeah.
2: And I remember him playing. Uh, he said. Uh, here's a young kid who keeps giving me uh, records, and this one's pretty good, so I'm playing it, and it was My Bologna. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I was so happy. Yeah. But that's not a question. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'll respond anyway. Uh, you were like a teenager. How did. Uh, how I did was exactly re- a teenager. You were exactly. Te- yeah, not like a teenager. You were like exactly a teenager. I was
1: 19 at the time, which, which qualifies.
2: How did, like, uh, I, there's so many questions to ask. How did you write a song? Um, uh, how did you, like, uh, have a work ethic? Like, like uh, what made you do this? Well, well I, uh, you know. I was a lumpy spud. I, I was in
1: college and I wrote this song called My Bologna, and I just thought, I'm never gonna be able to do anything at all with this song. And then I, I, uh, the, the Knack came out with a song that sounded exactly <laughs> like My Bologna. I thought, well, this has got commercial
2: potential now. <laughs> So they're the parody artists. Yes. Uh, The Knack. I thought the Knack was a funny name. Get the Knack. Uh, Silent K. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love silent letters. Oh, it's so cute. I wanted to write the word big, but I've got, oh, bog. It's like a typo. It's like a typo. But I'm going to say it the way I typed it. Uh, Were you immediately thrust into the bog time after Dr. Demento? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of time in the bog, you know? It was
1: a little smelly, but I got used to it after a while.
2: Like, uh, did you like record an album and start touring right away? Like, was it big time right away? N- not. I think the first album came out in '83,
1: and that was the first tour. And we played somewhere uh, a, a, a club called Tango's, and I think there were exactly 13 people in the audience. Ah. So it took a while to play. Now, actually the first uh, the first tour. Uh, I was Dr. Demento's opening act. It was Dr. Demento oh. featuring Weird Al Yankovic, and then uh, the second tour, uh, we were on the road right as "Eat It" broke in '84, whenever that was. And as soon as MTV started playing it, and it was like a, a top forty song, uh, all of a sudden the tour switched. Then it was like Weird Al Yankovic featuring Dr. Demento. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good sport about oh, yeah, it. Yeah, of course, of course.
2: What did Doctor Mental do? Was he a musician? Of course, he was. No, well,
1: not per se. I mean, he's, he's a disc jockey. So basically, he put on a, a presentation. He would spin records and have little uh, uh, video clips and things like that. So it's basically a live uh, version of his show.
2: Does he does he still have a show now? Like I he does.
1: He, he's not he on terrestrial it. radio anymore. He's not, you know, on, on KMET. Uh, but he is still doing his show. Uh, uh, it's behind the paywall. It's uh, d- uh, on the web, drdemento.com.
2: I love this show. Uh, I, I loved uh, when you were on it, and I loved the Straubs were on it a lot. Remember the Straubs? The Straubs, what did they do? They uh, they had funny songs. Well, I'm shocked. I <laughs> Dr. Demento would play funny songs. Uh,
1: I never thought of it that way, really. But you're right. He kind of did.
2: <laughs> he kind of liked funny songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: well, what's you going to do?
2: If you could listen Matt, Were you offended by my guitar playing? Yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I'm offending Weird Al. I couldn't think of that. <laughs> my B's are atrocious. I'm sorry. My... It's okay. I only am better with the E's and G's because it's all six strings. <laughs> Someday you'll learn all the letters. Yes. <laughs> One day H. Uh... I know this is a boring question that you've been uh, asked a million times. Why are you going to ask it then? But I'm genuinely interested. Well, because okay. I'm genuinely interested. Well, it's okay, fine. I'll indulge you. How did you get
1: the name Weird Al? Well, this is an interesting story. See? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was born Alfred, and I just shortened it to Al. Oh.
2: <laughs> that is a, that's yeah. a good answer. Yeah. Uh, oh, Yeah. Like uh, I remember, like reading this somewhere. You're from Lynwood, California, Did I I am. right? Yes. Now, um,
1: no, no. Some uh, people say, "Oh, you were uh, he's from from Downey," because they asked me in forms like, "Where are you born?" Well, the hospital I was born in was in Downey, but. so I lived there for a day. <laughs> but they said, "Well, I was born in Downey, from uh, Down da- Downey native." <laughs> but I'm from Linwood, boy.
2: Yes. My boring question for this one. I'll have some exciting questions. Okay. No. Uh, we'll, we'll
1: have to ramp up to it.
2: Am I wrong there's a lot of sports like heroes and figures and sportscasters from then am i wrong? were you ever interested in sports? Am i wrong? Well first of all am no, i wrong? I've been
1: meaning to get into sports. <laughs> One day, one one day. Who, who are you thinking? Well, uh, Mark Spitz, that he qualifies. Yes,
2: yes, he was. Mark Spitz, uh, the Olympic swimmer. I forget everybody, but I know sports ca- and There's a few yeah, famous. Here, here's players. who
1: came from Londo High School. I'll, I'm going to interrupt you, like I just did. Yes. Uh, so uh, Mark Spitz, the Olympic, uh, the Olympian, uh, Fred Gwynn, Herman Monster, Londo High School,
2: and a great athlete.
1: Yes. Uh, Kevin Costner, very briefly, uh, and and Suge Knight. There you go.
2: So, super group. There you go. Oh, pillows. That's a good idea. Hello. 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 <laughs> welcome. Welcome. The show's almost over because I have to go to the Ontario International Airport. <laughs> uh, what? Of all the musical instruments, what made you pick up the accordion, not the guitar? Or maybe you did first. Maybe the accordion no, wasn't first. I don't know. You know, my, my parents. I wasn't there. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'm,
1: I'm glad you asked because then I'll tell you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, my, my parents made that decision for me because they they looked at their young nerdy kid and they thought they thought. We just want him to be really popular in high school. <laughs> we want him to be the life of every party. So, of course, young Alfred learned the accordion.
2: Did you learn all the, the roll out the barrels?
1: I, I learned all the roll out the barrels, <laughs> yeah. You know, when they give you accordion lessons, they, don't, uh, they, they teach you classical pieces. They teach you polka music. They don't teach you much Led Zeppelin. So that's like, a, yeah, you learn that on your own. You pick that up later.
2: Uh, have you covered Led Zeppelin songs? I bet you have.
1: i a few here and there.
2: I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> When I took my first guitar lesson, yes, sadly, I've taken guitar lessons.
0: <laughs>
2: it was uh, John Denver leaving on a jet plane. Oh, nice. That's the Very first nice. Guitar, I think that's the first guitar song you, you learn. Well, that's
1: mandatory. you got to learn it And there's the no
2: B in it, I don't think. The, the B's are... Oh. No. All okay. right. Nope. I'm super interested in this. Oh, okay, okay. Here we go.
1: Is, I, this, is this in your way or anything? Is that... Yeah, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. Okay,
2: okay. Sorry. Okay. I was going to knock stuff, but there's nothing to knock. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's anarchy! It's anarchy! From Linwood. Uh, <laughs> like you're a comedy musician. What? Uh, how do I word this? Because I'm so interested okay. in this. All right. What did you want to be at first? A musician or a comedian? Do you see yourself a comedian or musician? What is, what do you? How do you identify
1: yourself? I'm two minutes in <laughs> one. Um, yeah. no, I, I actually uh, uh, got my degree in architecture, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> Went to Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, and yeah, I got my degree. So once this music thing kind of pans out, then I'll... <laughs> Go back to designing like houses. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: what do you say at customs? Uh, what do, you do? I mean, everyone recognizes you, but say they didn't, what would you say at customs?
1: Uh, what do you say? i say, hello, I've got nothing to declare. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I'm an asshole. I mean, uh, <laughs> when they say profession, what would you say? Oh, uh, I
1: keep it vague. I would just say um, multicellular life form. All
2: right. Yeah. I'll take that as a comedian. Okay. Like, what, what were your, like... Uh, as a kid, what did you Did you watch comedy more? Or do you listen to music more? Like, I, I, I'm so well, interested in this, I, I please, please me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you here, but I, the, the, there's, I can't, you know, I can't, I just,
1: I cannot, I cannot, I cannot tell you exactly what it is. I can't make the delineation. Because, you know, I, I'm a comedian and a musician, and I, I really don't feel like I need to be one or the other. Why can't Aww. I be
2: both, Kevin? It's, it's my problem Why with labeling. Why can't I be both? It's my problem with labeling things, isn't it, Al? Yes. I label things. You're weird, Al, and that's all that we uh, that matters. Yeah. You're a comedian musician. Thank you. But you I'm a like hyphen it. <laughs> do you like something a little bit better? Music or comedy? <laughs> what would you like me to say? I don't think...
1: Comedy. Oh. Comedy. <laughs>
2: I was going to say comedy. <laughs> I have 17 questions, but, but it's, it's actually the same question over and over. you got to get to the music. airport, though. Yeah, I do. <laughs> You're right. Um, now, um, how do you get interested in parody songs? Like, because like in a way, you invented it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, know, well, you know, the, 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 you the Star-Spangled it. Banner
1: is a parody song. What is? The Star-Spangled Banner. Is it? It's a parody of an old English drinking song. This is true. Really? This is true. Look it up.
2: <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. And did he write that in prison, or am I making that up?
1: You probably made that up.
2: But it's a good story.
1: That's a good story. I like that. <laughs> That's a good embellishment.
2: No, no, I, uh, you know, I think no, I
1: certainly didn't. I, I think every eight-year-old kid in the universe uh, makes fun of songs on the radio, and that was me. And okay. somehow, I just never grew out of it. So I'm sorry.
2: I thought of a parody song once. <laughs> um, I, I'm aging, so I forget names. But the the big uh, singer of the '90s, Ricky, uh, something. Levita, uh, uh, Springfield?
1: Loka?
2: No. Uh, uh, oh. Uh,
1: no, 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 no. Live, live in Libido Loco. Ricky
2: Martin. Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, living at El Polo Loco. Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> I'll get right to work on that. <laughs>
2: Thank you very much. Living at El Polo Loco. More timely
1: now than ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought of it 20 years ago. <laughs>
1: Why didn't you call me?
2: I should have called you. I should have called you. Uh, I thought, I'll write it up. He's oh, no, no. Weird Al will get mad, though I haven't met him yet. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, let's, uh, yeah, I'm a little interested in comedy. Uh, <laughs> uh, were you, I always wondered this, were you a fan of like Mel Brooks and Zucker, Zucker Abrams and like the... Zucker. Is it Zucker? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. Zucker, Zucker, no, Zucker,
1: Zucker. No, Zucker rhyme, yeah, rhymes with hooker. I'll lie Zucker. and say
2: that's how we pronounce it in Canada. Okay, that's, no. that's... <laughs> Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, some of my favorite uh, movies of all time were, you know, uh, I, I uh, recently did a whole bit on how Top Secret I thought was a, my favorite movie of all time. Let's go to the airplane and... Uh, so you like comedy? I, yes, I like the comedy. Uh, yeah, Mel Brooks, absolutely. I mean, that was our early, uh, 13 years old. I remember you know, going to see Young Frankenstein. It changed my life. And yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> changed my life. Uh... You know, I, I met Mel Brooks once. It was like, like the American Comedy Awards or something like that. And I was wearing some kind of weird light-up tie. It was just a really tacky thing that a friend of mine didn't give me. And I just remember Mel Brooks came over to me and said, I like your tie. And one of the biggest regrets of my life is that I didn't rip it off of my body right then and give it to him.
2: Uh, one of these
1: days. One of these days.
2: That's so nice. Mel Brooks this is the I don't mind. Uh, did you ever, as a kid, did you ever write like serious songs, like pop songs? Did you ever think for a second you were... I for guess a, this is me getting f- back to like that. For a pop second. In? Just for a second. Like, I was
1: maybe 13 or 14 years old. and uh, Do you
2: remember what it was? Can you sing it?
1: No, I will not. You know, I, I would, So you do remember. Uh, I would rather, like, um, you know porn tapes come out with me in them Then then to have some of the early. I mean, they were so bad. I mean, they were like so horribly, like like, like whatever a 14-year-old would think was like really profound, you know, so embarrassing, so embarrassing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like the porn tapes thing. Uh, No, I think it's out of order. I think I should ask this one first. Okay. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. You already said this. Uh, i right again. You already said this, but we'll say it again. Yeah, repetition is good. Yeah, th- unless I miss my plane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Edith your first like super super hit, like a number one hit? That was your first super? Um, hit? It, I guess yeah. I had a few minor hits before that, but that was the first
1: one that really kind of made a huge difference. Actually, it, w- it wasn't number one in the states. It got up to number twelve. But here's the funny thing: it, um, oh, really? it was number one in Australia. And in Australia, Michael Jackson's beat it got up to number
2: three. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh! Take that, Weird Michael. When you wrote it, did you uh, think... This is gonna be big. Did you, uh, do you think you seems too modest of a guy to think that? Uh, but but did you it think oh, w- this is gonna? Do it something? was
1: far bigger than I thought. I mean, you know, I, I, I was just hoping it would be big enough that my record label wouldn't, you know, uh, fire me. Okay. Yeah, drop me as they say in the business. Uh, but yeah, it was. Um, it it became this like world. It, it, you know, you talk about overnight fame. It was literally that because back then MTV was uh, really a cultural force to be reckoned with. And if you wanted to have your rotation uh, and you're on eight times a day, I mean, people back then would watch MTV like all day long. And if you're on eight times a day, like all of a sudden, oh, there's the eat it guy. Like everywhere I went, like I I was uh, no more anonymous.
2: And how did that feel? I'm into the feeling questions. The feel. Like, like, what did that feel like? like, like well. You're a kid from Linwood. You got an accordion. And now you're all over Much Music. Uh, sorry, Much Music is Canada. Yeah. MTV.
1: <laughs> I was on Much Music, you were too. Over,
2: of course you were. Of course, and I Much Music. I was on All music. music, yeah. Sorry, and MTV. Yes. But mostly Much Music. How does that feel Like to have a, like, a big hit like that? How does, I don't know. I'm in a cult group. How does that well, feel? Like
1: <laughs> It was very odd at first because like people were staring at me, and it's like that never happened in my life up to that point. And uh, it's just something that I'm still not quite used to. Why are you looking at me? Well, you're on stage. Oh, that's right, I forgot. Yes.
2: Uh, and you seem like a guy that would never, like, uh, go to your head, it seems like. I
1: try not to. You know, you, you try to, um, uh, I have a, have a saying on our household, we try to be the, the climate, not the weather. You try not to, like, go, do all the, the peaks and valleys. Don't try to be so full of yourself when you're on the top, don't get too depressed around the bottom. Just try to keep an even keel, just be the climate. Uh, and that, that seems to work, I, you know.
2: I was about to say, can I say that, but it's not a problem in my house. I'm a cult. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cult comedian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can't believe I asked the same question twice in different ways, thinking it was a different question. Uh, love you when I uh, no, I'm not gonna say it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, um, Good call. Um, I also, oh yeah, this I remember. Uh, <laughs> in Canada, another one, "Loves the Bus," was like a super, super hit. Um, uh, was it? Yeah. Was it? Wasn't it in the states? I kind
1: of. It just barely got released. Like the record label went. Really? The record label went bankrupt uh, two weeks after it came out. Oh. But it got out there, I guess. Yeah. How
2: did you get your first record deal? Like, was it because of uh, My Bologna? or? Um... Yeah,
1: well, that was the first. That came out on Capitol Records. Like the original bathroom recording, literally recorded in a bathroom in my college, and Capitol Records put it out. Uh, and it sold, you know, a couple dozen copies. I don't know. If you can find a copy today, though, it's worth like thirty-five, forty cents. So.
2: Oh, good. That's... I think if it's autographed. It. I might have. I might have it in the basement. My when I moved from uh, uh, Toronto, uh, my sister took all my stuff and put it in her basement, and then she had a flood and ruined everything. Oh no! Yeah. That's that sad a sad story. Very right? sad. <laughs> sad story. Why'd you bring the room down like that? Uh, because I want to get out to, oh. to my airport. <laughs> I see. <laughs> um. um uh, oh yeah. Here's. Uh, he, he was gonna come tonight, he's not here, Dave Foley, one of the kids in the hall. He was gonna come him? here! He was gonna come Until here! Until he found out I was showing up! No, no, it's the opposite! Oh! He found out I was showing up! <laughs> <laughs> he, he got a headache, he had a, shall I say this? I can't even pronounce it, yesterday he had a, uh, help me, colonoscopy? Uh, colonosc- colonoscopy? Yeah, yeah. And he's, uh, feeling badly from
1: it. Oh, he should've just gotten a semi-colonoscopy.
2: Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, once, uh, the kids in the hall, a few years ago, we were on a Canadian TV show, and Scott had a colonoscopy uh-huh. uh, that morning, and um, uh, we were reading the script, and they were asking us their notes, because they were pretending to care about it, it was the kids in the hall, and, um, and Scott whispered to me, um, because of uh, the pr- procedure I just had, I'm pooing my pants, and then the, um, and then the, the writer said, uh, uh, Scott, do you have any notes? And then uh, I said, because I want to get him out there. No, 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 he's okay. No, Kevin, I have notes. <laughs> <laughs> and pooing his pants, he gave a half hour of notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I have
1: had the procedure a couple times because I'm an old guy. And uh, they give you pictures. They give you pictures oh afterwards. My oh, my God. And more than once I've asked my wife, should I Instagram this? No!
2: <laughs> no, do not do that. It'd be so popular. <laughs> It'd be so... Uh, <laughs> Not as popular as Another One Loves on the bu- uh, Bus. On the, um, what do you uh, keep the- calling it? Another One, another loves, one the- loves on the Bus. Another One Loves I'm on the Bus. A, I'm adding a word. <laughs> and changing a few, but
1: it's they, all right. They I mean, added we words. get the gist. They had different we words get the in general feel. Yeah.
2: Dave Foley and I, yeah. we yes. always talked about ad nauseum, the people would tell us to shut up in the 80s and 90s, how funny your videos were. Because we're, like, uh, we're big fans of Buster Keaton, and the sight gags were amazing. Who thought it? Did you think of the sight gags? Uh, well,
1: most of it. Did, but, um, yeah. <laughs> like, so you're a comedian more than. Well. The- <laughs> I like the comedy. You like
2: the comedy. That's my point. That, like that, uh, how did you get that talent and music like that? Like you thought of really great, like video after video after video had amazing sight gags.
1: Well, thanks. I don't know. I. Just, is I that listen, a question? I listened to that. That's a good. That's a question. I, I, I don't know the answer there. Where do your ideas come from? I, I just listened to the- Yeah,
2: but I'm a comedian. I mean, well, you're a comedian. Yeah. But you're two things.
1: <laughs> my brain is split. Yeah, you're- uh, I just listen to the voices in my head, you know. I understand. Are you a Buster Keaton fan? Absolutely. Well, the um, I mean, in Amish Paradise, when the uh, when the 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 barn falls down, right, that's a total right. that's a total Buster Keaton right, steal. Right.
2: Right. Yeah, I'm showing that where I live in Winnipeg for some reason next, uh, I, I show a funny movie every month, and I'm showing that one, and um, uh, you know Steamboat Bill Jr., where the wall falls on Buster Keene, and everyone knows it was a real wall, right, and would have killed him, but he got like the best mathematicians in America to like yeah. to measure it I out. didn't
1: have the best mathematicians, I had some guy with green hair and a nose ring going,
2: <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine!
1: <laughs> Was no, no, real... literally, I mean, th- this was not, it was not CGI. It was a real literal, like, barn wall that fell on me, barely missing my head. And it wasn't even just wood. They had to reinforce it with steel so it wouldn't, like, torque and, like, miss the mark. So it was this, like, really, really, really would have killed me dead if I had, like, moved a few inches either way. <laughs> and I was like, we're doing one take, and I'll try really hard not to act like I'm so
2: scared right now. <laughs> And they can't practice it with the dummies your height because no. uh, because that would ruin the wall. Right. right. Wow, It's a one-take thing. But you're kidding. Please tell me you really had mathematicians. Well, I think he did some math, but... <laughs> I, I <didn't>. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I asked the same question about musician-comedian. I'm obsessed. Uh, yeah. I'm obsessed. Um, oh, uh, I, uh, of course I love the movie UHF. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Oh my God! I lied. I lied. You don't love it? <laughs> no, I love it. Oh. The next thing is a lie. Oh, UHF and Brain Candy are a lot alike. They were bo- both not hits, and then became big cult. Brain Candy never became a cult hit later. No, it did. Are you <laughs> kidding? Of course it did. Of course. Slightly. Come on! Come on! Come on! Slightly more people like it. was Brain Candy '89 as
1: well. It was about the same time, right? Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. No, I'm lying. '96. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was it? Was it 96? It was 96. Yeah. It feels like you know the, th- those seven 89. years were just like a haze yeah. for me. So feels like the same year.
2: Uh, we loved your movie. Uh, but th- what makes it a cult hit? And uh,
1: because it, nobody wanted to see it when it came out, <laughs> <laughs> and, oh,
2: that, and, said, now
1: and now people seem to like to see it. it. Oh. Yeah, so that makes it a cult hit.
2: That's what a cult hit is. Yeah. Why do you think people didn't like? Um, I don't. People love it now. Were there even good reviews back then? I I, I don't remember. No.
1: No, it was like it was a horrible weekend. Um, and, I, and I remember the, the build-up to it was really great because it tested very well. It tested uh, for Orion Pictures. It tested uh, better than the original RoboCop. And they're like, "Oh, we have a huge hit on our hands," oh you know. God. And I remember I was doing some kind of a press junket, and one of the uh, reporters came up to me afterwards and said, "You know, this is going to be a great cult movie." And I was like, "Cult movie? Don't you mean blockbuster hit?" <laughs>
2: I'm like, oh.
1: no, I'm very happy it's a cult movie. <laughs>
2: Wow, but but now everyone everyone's seen it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, notice the difference. How many people have seen Brain Candy? <laughs> okay. They're being nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're being, um, uh, was it influenced uh, your movie by Walter Mitty a little bit? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay, oh, good, good, good. We
1: totally stole that movie.
2: Okay, yeah. <laughs> the Ben Stiller version, not the you know. Yeah, no I know. <laughs> not the Danny Kaye yeah. version. <laughs> no, I understand. I have more UHF questions. Uh, we uh, now. When people like when people were watching when it wasn't such a hit, did you still like? Does it like change your heart? Oh, maybe it wasn't a good movie, or did you like keep in your heart that it's a good? Well,
1: movie? well, for the first couple of years uh, after it came out, every single night before I went to bed, like oh, we should have changed this in the third act. We should. <laughs> uh, like everything was like you know Monday morning quarterbacking. Like why didn't I do it a totally different way? And you know we just, why why wasn't this a hit? And I never figured out why.
2: But now you feel vindicated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean you know Yay. it's. it's <laughs> It's nice people have seen it. You know, it's the people that are into it are, like, super into it. I've seen people with, like, UHF-related tattoos on various parts of their body. I, I met I met a couple that had uh, uh, spatulas tattooed on their abdomens to show their eternal love for each other. You know, what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? Uh, and then half an hour, uh, six months later, they broke up. But still, it was a very... Very sweet gesture. Yeah, never
2: tattoo Winona forever. It is, uh, no, no. Uh, never t- so um, start with wino
1: forever, and then you can add Winona later if you yeah. want to.
2: He erased some stuff, didn't he? Now to win forever or something? Is it
1: back to win now? Yeah, back to Cause win. Because he gave up wine, too, so now pretty soon it'll just be <laughs> woo forever. Yeah. Or a W forever. He's like, <laughs> really <forever>. a fan of <laughs> George.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Am I wrong, or uh, was Michael Richards sort of doing Kramer before he did Kramer in Seinfeld? If I get the time wrong,
1: uh, UHF was right before Seinfeld, and it's
2: sort of like Kramer, isn't it?
1: Well, now, I mean, I it's wrong? Michael Richards. Can you tell so me I'm wrong? It's no, okay. no, it's. I mean, he's out of his mind. So you know, he uh, he's uh, he's a wild character. He does. He was so great at physical comedy, and uh, uh, I, I kind of wrote the part sort of with him in mind because I know, knew that he'd just be able to knock it out of the park. But that was that was. That was but right you're being modest. Kramer. You're
2: not going to take credit for writing Kramer.
1: <laughs> I don't get any royalty checks
2: <laughs> I understand uh, what, uh, I read that you filmed it in Tulsa uh, Is that Tulsa, true? But yeah, it is true Why? Why? Um, <laughs> Nothing against Tulsa
1: Some people I don't, There are several theories going around uh, Some people have said it's because Tulsa is a slut backwards That is not correct Um <laughs> No, it's not. You're right. No, yeah. oh, it um, is. It's a slut. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually,
1: uh, Gray Fredrickson, who was uh, one of the producers of the movie, he got us a good deal. There was a, um, uh, a shopping mall that had just gone out of business there, and they had all these o- uh, empty storefronts uh, connected to a hotel complex. And we thought, oh, this will be great. We can live in the hotel. We can build all of our sets in this empty complex. It'll be like a giant... Hamster habitrail will just live in this like biodome kind of <laughs> kind of situation and, and it worked out really well. Wow. I've never been
2: to Tulsa. That's my story. Oh you should go. <laughs> <laughs> I should go. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's famous for something. What's it famous? What besides you, your movie. Oh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I, I heard this years ago, so I probably got it wrong. But is it true that you uh, the Weird Owl show. Do you remember the Weird Owl show? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. I do. That you pitched it for 10 years before uh, someone said yes? Is Basically, that right? yeah. I mean, different
1: iterations. Everybody Ever since, like, 84, um, you know, my manager and I were pitching a version of, like, a Saturday morning show for kids. And uh, it always would get turned down, or they weren't interested, and we'd keep pitching it. And I think it was the mid-90s, finally, we, we had a meeting with CBS, and they, they loved the idea. And they said, we, we would love to do this. The thing is, we've got this mandate from the FCC right now. We're only buying educational programming. And I said, "This is educational," <laughs> and we made a last-minute change to like shoehorn all these, you know, educational messages into the song, which into the show, which kind of kind of ruined it a bit.
2: But you, but I remember thinking that it was uh, cleverly, you was you were sort of giving the lesson and making fun of it at the same time. Am I Kinda,
1: right? yeah. Okay. I mean, it was like we were grudgingly educational.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best kind yeah. of school, I think. What, but uh, going back a bit. Uh, what, uh, what made you keep going? I, I guess the show changed a bit over 10 years, but what, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not exactly 10 years, but what, what made you not quit on, uh, like, pitching the show? Um, well, it
1: just kept coming up because, you know, um, especially in the early part of my career, my fan base was largely, you know, younger, and, and uh, we thought, well, that, that's, that's the demographic. Like, we should be doing, like, our version of, like, a Weird Al kid's show.
2: And now you're at concerts, and, uh, and the children have grown up, and their children are there? Is it that kind of... It's
1: kind of nice, because it's a multi-generational thing. Because I still get like young kids coming to the show, but now their parents are there, and their grandparents, and their great-grandparents, and their dead ancestors, <laughs> and ghosts.
2: It's spooky. Spooky. It sounds scary. Yeah. It sounds scary. <laughs> I dropped the page. Um, now... Did you end up being happy with the show? or I know you had to make compromises with CBS. Were you, did you end up being happy anyway, or did the compromises ruin the fun for you?
1: Um, you know, there are parts of it. We, we definitely got some good stuff out of there. It would make a good clip reel. Uh, <laughs> but there were a lot of disappoint, uh, disappointments in the show and, and a lot of things that I still kind of wince at. Actually, the, uh, the uh, commentary track is better than the actual show. I just, heard that. Just watch Someone the DVD. Just, just, just watch it with the commentary track, and we're just like crapping all over the show for. That's like,
2: right. That you're making yeah. fun of your own show. Yeah. <laughs> I, am gonna see that if I make my plane, and that. <laughs> I could stop talking. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. If I miss, I'm going down with you. Okay. <laughs> if I miss my plane, um, now it's so much fun to have a TV Kevin, show. Kevin. Yes. It's yours. It's the subpoena guy. Hello, subpoena guy. I have to go give another subpoena soon, so can we have time for one more question? All right. You look scared. It's just a guy backstage. It's not a subpoena guy. <laughs> Calm down. He looked really scared.
4: <laughs>
2: but there probably is a subpoena guy in the audience. <laughs> That's funny, Kevin. All right. We have one question left. I'm going over... Uh... Make it a good one. All right. First it on. Should be that one. No. No. I'm gonna read all of them. All right, all right. All right. Oh! Well, it's interesting, but is it an ender? Um, mm. yeah. uh, uh, well that's interesting, but again, is it an ender? <laughs> uh, all right, you okay, you go ahead. Again, inter- well, this is just interesting, but I really want to know about it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You're finished texting? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have an obsession with the number 27? I do. What? Yeah. <laughs> what uh I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> like a rock concert. Uh what is your obsession? What, what it started? What is, what is what's it all about?
1: Um I started it was in a couple songs of mine and I don't know why I thought it was a good random sounding number that had the right number of syllables and uh a couple of fans like Picked up and I said, "How come Al's using the number twenty-seven? Does this mean something?" And then after people started like getting into it, I started like popping the number twenty-seven like here and there, like a little Easter egg. And that was sort of like a little like howdy to the hardcore <laughs> fans, like "Oh, twenty-seven, <laughs> woo!"
2: <laughs> <laughs> and if I can go vaudevillian with you uh, for a second, that uh, was your closer. Yeah, that's my closer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, twenty-seven, uh, like it's a vaudevillian thing to say, but twenty-seven is a funny number. It's uh, seven's funny. It's got two it's of got the got syllables. Aggressive sounds to it. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Per- per- percussive sounds. Okay. All right. One more question. <laughs> I don't care about my plane anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, is this true? I heard this in much music. Yes. Uh, it was a, That's the Canadian MTV. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a big story because <laughs> they didn't have many stories. But it's a, it's a. It's a. Is it true? Not just all to you. You'll see in a second what I mean. Um. Is it true the Prince's manager told you not to look at his eyes at an award show? Yes, that is true. Thank you, good night! No, <laughs> <laughs> tell the story, tell the story. Uh, it was just this r- weird
1: thing. We got a, I, I, was it a, t- I don't know if it was a telegram. This had been like, what, mid-90s, so I don't know if the telegrams still were a thing. But it was, <laughs> it, it was some kind of paper communication uh, from Prince's management company. Where I was going to be going to the American Music Awards. And it, it, it was basically saying we uh, ask that you do not establish eye contact with the prince at any point during the show. And I thought, okay. Uh, so we sent a ter- telegram back to him saying, please don't look at Al either. It goes both ways. <laughs> and and I, I have to point out, I, I was not being singled out because I ran into some people. I ran into some guy from Night Ranger. He's like, did you get this telegram? Yeah, I got it too.
2: Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mr. Werdahl Yankee! Oh, thank, you. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Thank you. you. Right. Hope you catch your flight. Thank you very much. I'll go soon. Do you want the questions, the Werdahl Yankees? Thank you. Punk rocker. All right. And now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're very happy, we're very, I'm me, I'm very happy, but they're very happy, we're all very happy to present the next part of the show. It could be the last part of the show and I'm gonna look at my uh, time and see if I, oh, I guess I could stay <laughs> in the, end of the show. <laughs> Are we ready, should I just do it? I'm so happy for this next part. I'm so, there, look, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> I'm so happy, for the. and this is the last part of the show, but it's the best, not, he was the best part. Everybody but me was the best part. <laughs> Are you ready for the real owner of this guitar? Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tim Heidegger!
4: I feel so, I feel terrible. I feel terrible. You just want to see more of that, right? You don't want to see me. Why would you want to see this? You want to see like another hour of Al and. Uh, I want to do an impression real quick of somebody that's in this audience. Who who is that? Is that you? Okay, well I'm just going to play a couple of uh, sad songs. Is that all right? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the announcer, and say goodnight... You seemed like offended about that laugh joke I did. Did you not hear what I heard? I got you! I got you! i so sorry, I'm wearing shorts. It's embarrassing to perform in shorts, but it's Friday and I don't care about this show. I'm not getting, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting paid. But it is an honor to, to be doing, uh, you know, the kids in the hall influenced me in so many am- amazing ways. Uh, and although he's my least favorite member by a mile, um it 's still it 's still meaningful <laughs> to be asked to do uh, but these are i've um i should just do this is a good bit too just <laughs> um i am i am writing i 'm a songwriter and i 've written um some songs that I, oh, that are um s- about breaking up with a, a girl and they 're like depressing and uh it 's not true it 's not it 's not autobiographical or anything but uh, they're so goddamn easy to write They're so <laughs> So I've written a few and I'll just play a couple And this will be on uh, Released at some point maybe I guess on the podcast that you're listening to So this one, this one I encourage you to sing along at some point too Because it's, there's not many lyrics to it It goes When I get up All I want to do is go to bed again Go to bed again And go to bed again When I get up, all I want to do is go to bed again. Go to bed again, and go to bed again. I could watch some TV, maybe. I could go under my covers and hide. Out the window, bluebirds singing. Those bluebirds ain't on my side. When I get up, all I want to do is go to bed again Go to bed again and go to bed again When I get up, all I want to do is go to bed again Go to bed again and go to bed again Here comes the sad part When I go back to my dreamland You might be waiting for me That's where I know I'm wanted. That's where I want to be. Come on! When I get up, all I want to do is go to bed again. Go to bed again and go to bed again. When I get up, all I want to do is go to bed again. Go to bed again. To bed again, keep it up. Go to, bed again. Go to bed again. Go to bed again. Go to bed again. Fade out on the record. Thank you guys, that sounded good. So, you know, uh, I'll show you how easy it is to write these songs. I wanted to do this for Kevin. Uh, this, this since end L since he's here. Um, how does it go? Would you know my name if you saw if you saw if you saw me with Kevin? Would it be the same? You know, if I saw you with Kevin. If if I saw you with Kevin. All right, that's all. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, so this is another uh, depressing song. It's very good. And you're like, well, you must, this must be a cover, because this is classic. <laughs> and it goes like this. Well, it's over. It's finished. The ship has sailed. So I write that line. And I'm like, well, this is, I'm off to the races. I just need to, I need to compare, think of analogy or whatever it is, like analogies to being done, right? To being done. Well, it's over. It's finished. The ship has sailed. What else is there? Well we're done for good. The checks in the mail. I loved her, she loved me. That's all through. So now I'll do whatever it is the broken heart to do. I'll do whatever Oh wait, there's another there's another verse. So what broken heart to do? Yeah, the flames <laughs> burn out. The curtains closed. That's good. The life we've built has just been bulldozed. <laughs> that works. <It> rhymes. <laughs> and you're going back. It's the one thing that's true. So now I'll do whatever it is the broken heart to do. I'll do whatever you're thinking. I'll drink whatever you're drinking. I better start looking for someone new. I'll do whatever you're thinking. I'll drink whatever you're drinking. I think I could fall in love with someone like you. And then it goes on and on, so. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, there's a little bridge, there's a little guitar solo, and then it, it, it follows. One last line, which is, it jumps, to, it jumps to a lot of conclusions. Well, I'm a new man with a clean slate. Yes, I'm ready to go I don't need more time I don't want to take it slow You're the cure to my loneliness You came right in on cue Oh well, I guess that's just what the lone, broken hearted do I'll do whatever you're thinking I'll drink whatever you're drinking I think I better find someone new. Then it doesn't work anymore because we've gotten to the present tense of the song. (laughs) We're still working on that. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks for indulging me. Uh, I'll do this one last song. And how are you? You okay? You want more? One more, Al? Yeah, I understand. I didn't. I didn't arrange the order of things. (laughs) This would have worked a lot better if you thought Al was coming. (laughs) Um, I wrote this song a year ago. Um, And it's, um, I wrote it a year ago in London at a piano when I was doing a show there. And uh, this is about our president. Not not our president, he's a president. (laughs) Fuck him, fuck him, huh? (laughs) Fuck him! But it's sad. This is a very sad song, okay? And funny. But uh, it's sad that it was written a year ago. This is where my head was a year ago. So here we are. Uh, Yeah. The cool... Oh, oh, it's in G. The (laughs) cool... For the podcast. Make a cut. The coolest bars in town Giving drinks away. The coolest kids around aren't going to work today. They might make it a holiday. The jury was 12 to 9. The case was cut and dry. The only question remains is will he live or die there are arguments for both sides he's old let him rot in jail let him ponder the choices he made let him shit and piss in a pail Others who want to see him hung Out in the public square Let his body bake in the sun Let the wind toss his yellow hair Either way he'll be gone And we'll all get to move on well, tomorrow is sentencing day. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. You want to hear one more real quick? I have to have one more real This is another song I wrote about Trump. This was before the election. <laughs> when I had better, uh, ho- I had hopes of, I had some hope of opti- uh, some optimistic... Uh, things might change and I was thinking that maybe uh, something would happen uh, to to prevent what what we're in now so this was going back two years now. and this is from the perspective of uh, you'll hear soon I am Donald Trump's private pilot I fly him everywhere I taxi him to his outdoor rallies Where he gives all of you a scare Now I've set up a fund for my children You can donate to it online Cause when I'm gone They should be protected Blaming them would be over the line just rhymed line with line, by the way. Sorry about that. when we take off for Cleveland And clear that, clear that What is that? Clear that? No, no. It's not that. Sorry. Is when, uh, oh, uh, something sprawl. Uh, downtown, uh, urban sprawl, sure. Is when we take off Cleveland and clear that urban sprawl. I will find a field, you know, and I'll take her down, screaming, Justice for you all. Dreaming just for you all. All right, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good night.
2: Tim Heidecker. Hi. I'm your announcer. Uh, and so Kevin McDonald still has a little time for her plane. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin McDonald would like to say goodnight. Kevin McDonald.
0: Hey, I'm Kevin McDonald. Hey, sorry, my, my bag only has three re- wheels um, for real. Because I'm Kevin McDonald, and that's just the type of bag I have. Um, listen, everybody. I just want to thank you, I'm on my way to the Ontario airport, obviously, which, by the way, is not in Ontario. I mean, it's, a, it's confusing. It's in Southern California. You get that, right? Right. OK. So I just wanted to thank you so much for coming to the Kevin McDonald's, Kevin McDonald's show. My show. That's my show. It's back with the three wheels. I want to thank Forever Dog. Yes, we can give it up. Of course, let's thank Janie Stoller. Someone named Darcy Carden. I did not see her, but I hear she's something. Tim Heidecker. Paul F. Tompkins. Weird Al Yankovic. give it up for the Lyric Hyperion. That's where you are right now. And of course, give it up for me, fucking Kevin McDonald. I'm so great. I'm a living legend. I guess I'm a cult comedian, but you guys fucking love me. All right, I'll kiss you on the way out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Now the announcer.
2: Thank you very much. It was a great show. I'm going to go get my luggage and go. Thank you.
0: Forever Dog.
1: This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.